Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. On today's show, continuing our look back at 2023 and peering into 2024, Provincial Agriculture Minister David Merritt provided his thoughts on how the year went, as well as the weather we've been getting lately. Canola and wheat futures have been up so far, and Adam Bacala with PI Financial provides insight on what we could expect to see next year. And Kevin Hirsch with SaskAgToday.com has a report on the Sask Pulse AGM and other groups having their meetings early in the new year. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. This year was a challenging one for grain farmers and livestock producers in the west central and southwest parts of Saskatchewan. Dry conditions plagued those regions through the summer, to the point where town hall meetings were organized to figure out how to help farmers get through it. Provincial Agriculture Minister David Merritt says the provincial government came through for producers with support programs like agri-recovery. So then it came down to what do we do? Uh, when I talked to the ranchers in the southwest, the biggest challenge was is where do they go to find feed? And they had to go a long ways away from the southwest part of the province to find feed at a reasonable price. And they did, and many of them did. And so what we said is we would pay them uh, so much per head for uh, whether they had to buy the feed or they had to truck at home, whatever the case may be, that we were going to compensate them uh, on our side of it. And our share of that is uh, was uh, $70 million, which equates probably right in the neighborhood of about $80 per head. And we asked the, the federal government to come in in August 18th. They didn't. We wanted to make sure that the producers knew they were going to get something from the province, so we announced and then later on in October, uh, the federal government came in. They didn't come in at the full share, but they came in with uh, about uh, 70% or a little over 70% at, at around $77 million. So the uh, livestock producers will now get uh, about $150 per head for breeding stock. That's for their cows, uh, heifers, and for bulls as well. Uh, so we thought it was important to do that. Uh, hopefully... Uh, the program is working for a lot of uh, ranchers. I know I've talked to some personally. They're still hauling feed as we speak now. So uh, they will obviously get their bills and their uh, applications in probably after the new year. So it was uh, it was important for us to do that. 
Also available was the Low Yield Threshold Program and the Crown Grazing Lease Rental Reduction Program. So what we did earlier in the year, we we uh, looked at the uh, write-off for crops again like we did in 2021, and we allowed uh, farmers that if they had a low-yielding crop, they could, uh, if it was, say, spring wheat, for example, we took the, we doubled the low-yield threshold to 10 bushel acre, and if it was going to run less than that, they could... Uh, they could do what they wanted with that crop. They could, uh, you know, sell it to a rancher if they wanted or if they wanted to harvest it, they could. But they had the option if they wanted to uh, sell it to a rancher, they could. And it wouldn't imp- and it, that crop would go to zero, but it wouldn't affect their uh, their crop insurance side as well. So we did that. Uh, we looked at the lease rates uh, for the year. We froze them for the year when we saw, you know, how dry it was getting. So we froze the lease rates for the uh, cattle folks as well, the livestock folks as well. And when you look at the uh, at uh, where we went, and if they had to pull their herd off, we reduced their uh, their lease uh, fees as well by uh, a maximum. If they pulled fifty percent of the herd off, but they had to pull at least twenty percent off to qualify. It wasn't all doom and gloom, though, as Merritt noted. Some regions had good crops. On the crop side, we did see some. Pretty high uh, yielding crops, uh, obviously, in the northern part of the province, northeast side, even down towards the east side, and even in some pockets in the south as well. Uh, even the south-central part of the province, we saw some pockets where they saw some pretty good yields as well. So uh, I think we're probably going to be north of 32 million metric tons of production this year uh, when it's all said and done, which is uh, which is an okay year. It's not where we want to be, and hopefully we'll get the better one. At least the uh, cattle prices are strong. Uh, commodity prices are, you know, are strong. Uh, so hopefully uh, that helps pull everybody through for the year. Back in May, when the first Saskatchewan crop report was released, Merritt expected total production to be around 40 million tons. On the other side of the break, we're going to continue uh, listening to David Merritt as he also provided his thoughts on the current weather we've been having over the last few weeks. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. The weather over the last few weeks has been nothing short of abnormal, so to say. Temperatures above the seasonal norm and the lack of precipitation or snow. For Agriculture Minister David Merritt, it's a double-edged sword. The nice weather is always nice, and I know even talking to some of my uh, my rancher friends are saying, well, <clears throat> one thing about this this weather is sure cut down on their, their feed bill. So, you know, that's kind of a, a good point uh, that we'd like to recognize. But obviously, you know, moisture is going to be a concern for everybody, and uh, I, I think I, I can live by an adage that every farmer has heard and every rancher has heard is that we've never lost uh, a crop or lost a pasture in December. So hopefully we'll see some snowfall after some time in the new year. Everybody will get through the Christmas holiday season with nice highways to be able to travel on to see family. And then we'll start seeing significant moisture come springtime. And uh, we're, and that's usually when we, we've got it. I know last year, even in the southwest, uh, there was some significant snowstorms that came through in March. In fact, it, it really impacted uh, a lot of the livestock guys because they were calving at the time and had some challenges around that. But, um, you know, so hopefully we'll see some significant. We have seen some moisture fall in parts of the province and it's, and the snow has melted. And uh, 
So uh, we are seeing that. Hopefully uh, we will see some good uh, snowfall come, you know, after the new year and uh, some good runoff to fill all the dugouts and, and bring our water levels back up. And uh, obviously, and that just, you know, falls right into place on things where we're trying to do in promoting irrigation. Drought conditions affected several areas of Saskatchewan, especially the southwest and west-central regions. For some producers, it has been several years of very dry conditions. And other producers, depending on where you are, while it was dry, could use a little more rain. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and My Grain Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. There were strong gains for canola on the Intercontinental Exchange yesterday as trading resumed after being closed for Christmas Day and Boxing Day. However, the gain will likely not be the prelude to a major upswing in the oilseeds prices. Rather, canola is likely to pull back once trading gets back into full swing after the new year. That's according to analyst Bruce Burnett of Markets Farm. He says there's nothing to push canola up a lot in the new year, but he acknowledged global oilseed stocks were tight. Burnett predicated his outlook on the sheer size of the forthcoming soybean harvests in Brazil and Argentina. As calving season draws closer, Ashley Parapelkin won't need to get up every three or four hours in the evening to check her cows. That's because the Alberta producer and her husband can monitor their animals' health, activity, nutrition and growth through cameras, thanks to facial recognition technology for animals called 360 Live ID. Parapelkin says cameras watch for signs such as contractions to determine if a cow is about to give birth and will send her a text to notify her. The platform was developed by a startup called OneCup AI. It's the creator of Bovine Expert Tracking and Surveillance, or Betsy. CEO Mocha Schmigelski says the technology has been on the market since 2022, and there are now 140 setups across Canada. Schmigelski says dairy farmers are not only interested in calving alerts, but alerts when cows are in heat and are ready to breed. High food prices in recent years have prompted farmers worldwide to plant more cereals and oil seeds, but consumers are set to face tighter supplies well into 2024 amid adverse El Nino weather, export restrictions and higher biofuel mandates. Analysts say global wheat, corn and soybean prices, after several years of strong gains, are headed for losses in 2023 on easing black seam bottlenecks and fears of a global recession, although prices remain vulnerable to supply shocks and food inflation in the new year. The El Nino weather phenomenon, which brought dryness to large parts of Asia this year, is forecast to continue in the first half of 2024, putting at risk supplies of rice, wheat, palm oil and other farm products in some of the world's top agricultural exporters and importers. 
Traders and officials expect Asian rice production in the first half of 2024 to drop as dry planting conditions and shrinking reservoirs are likely to cut yields. A civilian cargo ship struck a Russian mine in the Black Sea near Ukraine's Danube ports yesterday, injuring two sailors in an incident that underscored the dangers faced by those exporting Ukrainian grain during the war. The Panama-flagged vessel struck the floating mine during stormy weather as it went to pick up grain, according to Ukraine's southern defense forces, adding that churning seas often increase the risk from mines. As the fighting grinds on through the winter and likely into a third year after Russia's February 2022 invasion, and with little recent change along the front line, Ukraine is aiming to strengthen its financial resources for what could be a protracted war. After Russia pulled out of a UN-brokered export agreement last summer, Ukraine launched a new Black Sea shipping corridor to get grain, metals and other cargo to world markets. China has approved a first batch of seed companies to breed and sell genetically modified corn and soybean seeds, paving the way for commercial planting of GMO grains in a move that could cut its reliance on imports from the U.S. and Brazil. The Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs in a notice dated December 25th issued licenses to 26 local companies to produce, distribute and sell the GMO seeds in certain provinces. Though cautious about GMO technology, Beijing has been slowly moving to open up the market. It has approved more than a dozen genetic changes since 2019. The world's biggest buyer of soybeans and corn wants to reduce its reliance on imports amounting to more than 100 million metric tons a year to feed its livestock. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm precision weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, it kind of looks like we're about to get uh, much of the same as uh, we have over the last little while here, above seasonal temperatures. Yeah, and when temperatures are this far above normal, more of the same is a nice thing. We've got around 2 degrees for the high this afternoon. The wind in the 10 to 20 range most of the time, shifting more southwest from southeast, but uh, either way, it's a nice day up to 4 finally for the high. That'll be our peak. And that will drop back to around minus five with a clear sky. And tomorrow will be around three. So maybe a, a skosh cooler, but still above freezing. Still a nice afternoon. The big change from today to tomorrow, the wind up a bit. And we're still not talking strong winds, but we'll be talking a more noticeable breeze from 15 to 25 today to 15 to 30 tomorrow. And it turns into the northwest as some cooler air starts to work in. But as I've been noting, the air that's coming in is cool. It is not cold, and even calling it cool is questionable, cooler than we are now would be more appropriate because cool for this time of year would be, I say, closer to normal and normal high at minus 11. We are nowhere near that. Even tomorrow night, which looks to be the coolest night of the week, we're at minus 10, still above the normal high for this time of year. So the impressive warmth will continue. We'll 
back it down a bit for the weekend, but we stay dry. There is no precipitation in sight through uh, the weekend, through the start of next week. Temperatures come down to around minus 3 on Saturday, minus 2 on Sunday. And Monday, we'll make another run at zero. Now, later week, there is the chance for a little bit of snow, a little bit more of a turn toward normalcy. But we're likely talking Wednesday night, Thursday, before we see any significant chance for any snowfall and any real significant snow, likely not even until the weekend. Thank you very much, Phil. The normal highs for this period are much cooler than what we've been experiencing over the last few weeks. Uh, normal highs around minus 11. Normal lows mean time minus 23. Sun rose again at 8.59 this morning and the sun will set again at 5.01 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province, Saskatoon, Estevan and Weyburn minus 1. Swift current is at 8 degrees. Cinnaboya plus 3. Yorkton and Melville, minus three, and Mooseman, plus one. The hot spot in Saskatchewan is in Maple Creek at 11.8 degrees. Cold spot in South End at minus 11.9. In Regina, it's a sunny sky, southeast wind at 15 kilometers an hour, humidity 77%. Temperature minus three degrees or 27 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 102.2 and rising. Down the road in Moose Jaw, much different story when it comes to the temperature. Four degrees, sunny sky, and a southwest wind at 8 kilometers an hour. Again in Regina, sunny, southeast wind at 15, and the temperature minus 3. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. In the last week of 2023, canola and wheat futures are on the upswing. Future Commodity Advisor with PI Financial, Adam Picallo, says the March canola contract and the March Minneapolis wheat contract are up so far this week, as it is a short one due to Christmas and Boxing Day. Right now, the March contract is up approximately $17 a ton yesterday and today. So again, Monday was obviously Christmas holiday and Boxing Day. Canadian markets were closed. So we've really only had uh, one full day yesterday and kind of the morning here right now for canola trading. And yesterday was a fairly strong day. Uh, It seems like we might have maybe had some short covering on the January contract and, and maybe bond of the next month, the March. Uh, so that's where we're kind of seeing the March of around that seven uh, $670 a ton kind of right now. And then on the Minneapolis contract, uh, we've seen the March up approximately 14 cents a bushel here uh, in the last three trading days. So again, the U.S. was open on Tuesday. They don't they don't have Boxing Day to the south of us. So we did see the U.S. market still active. And this week, you know, I'm kind of watching for canola in particular. Uh, there are rains forecast in Brazil for next week. That's uh, potentially going to affect the soybean market. The U.S. dollar is still kind of pushing lower here, which it's actually the lowest in the last six months now. So that I would say it would have me a little bit more on the bullish side from a dollar standpoint for soybeans. And in terms of, again, the rain, maybe that's a little bit negative, but it is still quite 
dry down there, keeping, I would say, the, the futures on the soy side kind of fairly stable. And then kind of turning to the wheat front here, elevated Black Sea shipping risks are kind of friendly kind of for the wheat markets to go higher. We did see on Tuesday, a large increase yesterday, a bit of a pullback. And today we're back up higher here. So I, I'm seeing a little bit, again, of volatility into the end of the year, maybe some funds kind of positioning, taking losses, doing some tax loss selling potentially before uh, 2023 is done. And what's kind of your uh, outlook for 2024? Good question. The couple of things that I'm talking to clients about, the first thing is is kind of that potential of the Canadian and U.S. dollar impacting grain prices. Uh, so the Canadian dollar now has rallied significantly here since kind of the beginning of November. Uh, it's gone up from about 72, 72 and a half cents or so, all the way up to almost 76 now. And if we do see the U.S. dollar still go lower, stock markets go higher, um, the Canadian dollar could go higher as well too. And I think that could be, you know, maybe a bit of a headwind for some commodity prices here in Canada. Uh, it could be a tailwind for some commodity prices in the U.S. And you know, right now, this year, especially for canola, who would have thought that uh, the best time to sell would be kind of uh, right after harvest? Uh, that's not normally the case, but it, it could be that could be the case this year where uh, the next few months kind of over the winter, uh, we don't see those significant rallies potentially. And, you know, if farms are still have quite a few bushels in the bin, uh, they might be forced to sell to, to make room potentially. And that's when I talk about replacement strategies and, and things like that with clients. I know this will be a little bit difficult to try and summarize, but how would you say 2023 went from a grain market standpoint, in your opinion? I would sum it up with the one word, volatile. <laughs> whether it comes to Ukraine and Russia, whether it comes to just anything political that's been going on as well, too. And I think next year, maybe with the U.S. election year, then things could get a little bit more interesting as well, too. There could be a ceasefire in, in Russia, Ukraine. Kind of read some about that. Uh, still a lot going on with China and negotiations for exports and, and things like that with them. So I think, and I'm sure a lot of farms are are seeing that as well too. Is just a lot of volatility in the in the grain markets, and uh, I think a a dollar cost averaging kind of approach is is something that a lot of farms are are looking at more so now because to time the the top, uh, it, uh, it I'm not saying it can't be done, but it uh, it is obviously very hard to do. So. Adam Piccalo is a future commodity advisor with PI Financial. You're listening to Sask Ag today. We're definitely heading into last but definitely not least. Kevin Hirsch with SaskAgToday.com has a report on some upcoming AGMs that will be happening next month. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Annual meetings will be held on January 9th for Sask Wheat, Sask Canola, Sask Flax, Sask Barley, and Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. 
The meetings are at the Western Development Museum in Saskatoon. Producers and interested observers can attend in person or virtually. As Kevin Hirsch, chief agricultural editor for SaskAgToday.com reports, the Sask Pulse meeting is likely to be the best attended and the liveliest. While all the crop commissions do commendable work, Sask Pulse was the first checkoff established in the province, and the organization has played a huge role in Saskatchewan becoming a world leader in pulse crops, lentils and field peas, and to a lesser extent chickpeas. Sask Pulse conducts a range of activities from varietal development to research to advocacy to market development. It has a full-time staff of 14 people. Unlike the other crop commissions, the Sask Pulse levy is not refundable. The levy was decreased from 1% to 0.67% of pulse sales back in 2016. However, when pulse crop prices are strong, the levy is higher than what producers pay on other crops. The annual report shows $16 million in levy collected for the last fiscal year. This was a budget surplus of $5.6 million, a higher surplus than expected due to research and development initiatives coming in under budget. At fiscal year-end, Sask Pulse had net assets of $37.5 million. At past annual meetings, some producers have expressed concern over growing surpluses. The annual report notes new research initiatives will be coming on stream. The big news in varietal development is that Sass Pulse has a new breeding partner, Lemurgrain. This will mean royalties on new varieties, a departure from the royalty-free varietal development that occurred in the long-standing agreement with the university's Crop Development Center. However, the annual report notes a new breeding relationship is being established with the Crop Development Center. The National Farmers Union has put forth an advance resolution for the AGM that pulse varieties fully or partially funded by levy payers will not have variety use agreements attached. With variety use agreements, producers can save their own seed but have to pay to use it every year. To register for any of the Crop Commission meetings on January 9th, just log on to sascrops.com. For Saskag Today, I'm Kevin Hirsch. Coming up next on the other side of the break is today's market update. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Canola is up $6.10 to six twenty oh two a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is up $2.74 at $309.58. The rest were unchanged. Durham $446.92, feed barley $257.58, chickpeas $1168.44, flax $631.04, lentils $779.50, oats $286.32, yellow peas $464.54, and feed wheat $233.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up three cents at seven dollars and twenty-four and three-quarter cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, six twenty CKRM. 
Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest livestock quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of December the 28th. What a very exciting year we had. I would like to thank all of the current customers and new customers for that. Our first pre-sort of the new year will be Wednesday, January the 10th. We have 1,900 heads consigned so far. This first sale is always a smoking hot sale. One person said, you don't have to bring them all, but bring a few. Please book your trucks and phone in your feeder numbers. Greatly appreciate for that. At this time, myself and the rest of the Heartland staff would like to wish everyone a new year filled with good health, joyous, and prosperous new year. And enjoy this weather we're having. And to all of you who are calfing early, what a great weather for that. Should be smiles all over the place. Thanks. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Have a safe New Year's, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. The latest pork prices are at $164.91 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. As we look forward to a new year, here are five major things to watch in the Canadian business world in 2024. Inflation, interest rate cuts, elevated borrowing costs, the energy sector, and AI. The Bank of Canada is still looking for inflation to return to the sweet spot of 2%. Investors have also been banking on interest rate cuts, which will have wide-ranging implications for the TSX. Sky-high costs and a ballooning population have not helped ease the housing crisis. The progress of the rental market and building more supply are likely to dominate the housing conversation next year. Meanwhile, Ottawa is expected to publish draft regulations for its proposed national cap-and-trade system by mid-2024. And finally, companies and households will continue trying to decipher how AI will help them in their daily lives while being aware of the potential dangers. On the markets, the TSX is down 65 points at 20,950. The Dow is up 55 points to 37,771. Oil is down $1.10 cents at $73.01 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 75.70 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for the last edition of Sask Ag Today for 2023. As a little bit of a programming note before I wrap things up, no Sask Ag Today for tomorrow or Monday, but we'll be back at her on Tuesday in 2024. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day and a happy new year. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.